Hello and welcome to another episode of the Overcoming Life Podcast. I'm your host, Nashawn Garrett. And, well, got a teaching for you today. We're going to be uh, talking a little bit about the kingdom of God. What the heck is the kingdom of God? When Jesus came, uh, he was speaking about the kingdom of God. And uh, so we're just going to be studying these things. Uh, so what is the kingdom? That's the first question. Jesus, when he came to earth, preached something that was called the gospel of the kingdom. And he said this gospel would be preached in the whole world before the end of the age arrived. So Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, uh, this is what he said. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness to all the nations. And then the end shall come, specifically the end of the age shall come, not like the destruction of the whole world. So what is the gospel of the kingdom? Is it the same as the gospel of salvation that so many people currently are teaching? Well, you might be surprised by this, but the answer is actually no. The gospel of the kingdom is not the same as the gospel of salvation that is currently being preached by so many. The salvation message is only a part of the gospel of the kingdom. And it focuses primarily on the way in which you might gain citizenship in the kingdom of God. But few people actually and really know how uh, really know anything about the kingdom of God itself. And so people have a blurred vision about it. And so we're going to start from the beginning. The kingdom of God properly begins in Genesis chapter one, verse one. All right. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Is that fair? God creates it. God is the ruler. God is um, God is the king, right? The kingdom of God includes anything and everything that God created in the heavens and in the earth. The kingdom of God includes not only heaven, but also earth as well, right? Because heaven is his throne. Earth is his footstool. He is the creator of all things. And by creating all things, he actually has the right of ownership of all things, right? So we are his, not only his purchase possession, but we are his possession just by nature of um, he him being our creator, right? I think that's fair. You create something, kind of belongs to you, yeah. Um, it is our, we are his property. We are, we belong to him. He's our creator. And um, he had, there's, there are these laws that are given to these creators that um, essentially um, defends their right to their their property and their right to do with what they created what um, whatever they want to so that is to say you know you have a man and a woman get together they have a baby that baby isn't their baby right um, they didn't create it they are merely stewarding um, the gift of God right so anything that is material or spiritual material or immaterial however you would call it, it belongs to God. And um, so a, ch a child doesn't belong to the parents. The parents are just stewarding. They're just being stewards of what God has given. And I'll have you know, you have children. And if you think that that child belongs to you and you treat it however you want to, um, and you don't realize that you are supposed to be stewarding the gift that God has given and you don't steward it well, and that child ends up crazy and effed up because of, of you, Excuse me. I mean, I'm just being straight here. You you are definitely going to um, need to answer before the father on those things. You will definitely need to. And um, of course, those who know are going to ha have a little bit 
have to answer to more, but um, those who don't know, uh, they'll they'll be they'll have a less punishment. But man, it it is it is a serious serious offense to 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 um, against God and against His creation to to mess 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 up little kids, and mess up children to not um, raise them in the way of the truth. It is a serious offense, guys, in the kingdom of God. Um, if any of you guys cause these little ones to stumble, uh, that's what Jesus says. <clears throat> Anyways, so sorry for that little tangent. So we'll continue on a little bit here. So it is important, right, to begin with a firm understanding of the parameters of the kingdom. Because to know the beginning is to know the end of history. In the beginning, and, and even the Bible says it, uh, it says that God uh, declares the end from the beginning god owns what he creates by the right of creation and for this reason the bible assumes god is the owner of the whole earth and assumes the sovereignty of god over all that he owns therefore god has the right to do and give land to whomever he will if he wants to give land to this person he'll give it to him um and he has the the right to direct all activity on earth and he has the right to dictate the terms, that is, the laws, by which man may live upon any of his creation. I think that that is fair. I think that is fair. Um, and the ownership, him having ownership, uh, allows him to make laws and say, hey, this is the way it's supposed to be because I created it and this is all belongs to me. Right. So what's happened then? Sin and death have invaded God's kingdom, first in the heavens and then in the earth. This has created a, a temporary problem that God has been resolving from the beginning. So the full resolution of the problem will be completed at the end of Earth's history. When Earth's history um, is all played out, Sin and death will be eradicated and, as was later prophesied, the glory of God will cover the whole earth. That's amazing. That's a very hopeful segment, right? It is extremely important for us to understand, guys, that God's creation was pronounced good in the beginning. When God finished, it was pronounced very good. And we see this in Genesis chapter 1 verse 31. All the dirt, rocks, water, plants, animals, man himself, they weren't created by an evil devil. They were created by um, some uh, other spiritual material force that was evil, right? Um, no, they were created by a good God, a good creator. And the basic fact was disputed in other religions where they taught that matter was basically intrinsically evil. And that only spirit was good. So that's why you have people like teaching today, even in churches today, who have taken on this philosophy that matter is in, is somewhat inherently bad. And so in order to um, deal with the inherent badness of matter, uh, well, when Jesus comes, we're all just going to be in heaven. We're all just going to be spiritual beings in heaven uh, because they don't understand that that this type of philosophy from other religions has infiltrated the church. And so they actually think they're going to heaven um, and spiritual bodies instead of uh, inheriting the earth 
or being on earth. So this is a Greek mentality, guys. And the Greeks of Paul's day actually couldn't comprehend how a good God could indwell in human flesh through the power of Pentecost. They had no idea uh, how that was possible. So that's why in 1 Corinthians, um, the gospel was foolishness to the Greeks. They're like, no, this doesn't make any sense, right? Because someone, something that is good, which is spirit, can't indwell in that which is bad, which is inherently bad in their opinion, which is the body or the flesh. So that's why also in 1 John, you see John saying, listen, if someone says that Jesus didn't come in the flesh, they're liars. They're not telling the truth at all. That's the spirit of the Antichrist, right? Um, and why is that? Because um, it's a wrong belief about um, the original design of creation, and it's a wrong belief about the purpose by which creation um, well, was made. Right, which is to display and manifest the glory of God. And to say that matter in itself is bad or intrinsically evil is to say that um, that God has failed, right? That God has failed um, in manifesting his glory in all of creation. So God hasn't failed. It's just history is playing out. And as soon as history is played out, uh, then we will see all of creation all of physical creation manifesting the glory of God, which is amazing. So, but again, you know, these people with Greek mentalities, Greek mindsets, they say to themselves, how could God ever taint himself by indwelling in a quote unquote evil body? In order to understand the gospel of the kingdom, we have to understand that matter is not intrinsically evil. I'll say it another time for those in the back. Matter is not intrinsically evil. If you want to understand the gospel of the kingdom, you have to understand this. Because if you continue teaching, um, and I feel like most people do in some ways believe this, but yet they still have this teaching that we're going to escape this bad world. We're going to escape this evil place. And they have no idea that um, that God's will from creation, from the beginning of creation, will and his purpose will be accomplished on earth as it is in heaven. On earth, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? I think that's fair. So it was created good. It is, and it reflected the artistic ability and the character of his creator. Um, and this view of origins will determine the outcome at the end of history. So when you can view it and understand it as good from the beginning, then you'll see that it will be good in the end. Sin and death are invasive forces, guys. They're not inherent in creation. Sin has brought about a, a bit of a detour, an extension of history and time in order to resolve the problems brought about by the invasion of sin. Sin came in, crept in, all sneaky-like. And, and well, it just created, it made it a little bit longer, right? We had to take a little detour. God had to take a little detour around it. And that is what history is for. So that is the goal of history. And it forms a large portion of the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel tells us the nature and relationship of God uh, and his creation. 
It tells us the problem of sin and death. It tells us the divine plan to resolve this problem. Finally, it shows that God will succeed and win in the end. If you're teaching a gospel where God does not succeed and win in the end, where his purposes aren't accomplished, where uh, what is from the beginning is not declared also at the end for all, all creation, then you're not actually teaching the gospel. The purpose for which he created the heavens and the earth will be fulfilled. Straight up. That, that, I, I think that's a mic drop right there. The purpose for which he created the heavens and the earth will be fulfilled. The earth was created to manifest the glory of God. And if God were to fail to accomplish this goal, then he would be a sinner. Because the Hebrew word for sin is katah, which means to fail to achieve a goal or to hit the mark. You guys understand the implications of this statement, the implications is if, if uh, man is made from the earth to the ground and all of men were created and, and uh, essentially come from the ground, which is Adam, right? Meaning earthy, all of creation, all human beings, if one of them, if one of God's creation fails to manifest the glory of God, then God would be a sinner. You see what I'm saying? You see the implications of that? And then we understand the implications of, of um, are you or have you been or have you heard teaching that says that, well, brother, some people just have their, their own choice and, well, they're just going to have to make their choice and, well, God can't do anything about that because God's not a, a, a vindictive, tyrannical governor of, of people's will and desires no he's not but he does have the rights of ownership which means that he can do whatever he wants with his creation in order for them to accomplish the their purpose and goal right and the way that he does it is not a force of hand or a beating um generally speaking but uh, it's his his love and his kindness and his um, which draws men to want to repent. You guys understand that? So, um, no, God is not tyrannical, evil governor of sorts. He is loving and kind, and it's his loving kindness which draws men to repent. It's draw. It's what calls men to say, "Oh wow, man, I really I was born into this world thinking something completely different about God." completely different about myself completely different about other people and well now i no longer think that because i'm recognizing god um whatever in this situation however god chooses to reveal himself right so sin didn't take god by surprise guys he is um he is not uh inescapable right it's not that he is so inescapable that he cannot restore all things okay god can restore all things and he does restore all things in fact the ultimate goal of history is called in acts 321 the restoration 
of all things or the restitution of all things. Paul put it another way in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 28, where he says, And when all things are subjected to him, the Son himself will also be subjected to the one who has subjected all things to him, that God may be all in all. So when all things are subjected to him, that is the Son, then the Son will subject himself to God, right? So that God may be all in all. So if there's still people burning in hell, and they're made out of God particles because God created them out of himself, right? And they're still suffering in pain and in torment. How is God all in all in them? How is the glory of God being manifested in that situation? It can't be, right? Because then death and hell and its effects have not been destroyed. So if people are still experiencing, if people are still experiencing the effects of death and hell in a torturous chamber pit for all of eternity, then you have to understand that death and hell have not been destroyed. And then God's will, his work, uh, and his way have not been accomplished. You guys understand that if his works have not been accomplished, if they don't find satisfaction in, um, and, and if they don't find satisfaction in accomplishing his goal, then, then, God, then God would be technically a sinner. You guys understand that? You guys understand how, how, um, how this can be twisted? And how this has become twisted in the church because people believe um, that ev that the body is inherently evil and that um, because the body or the soul or whatever it is, whatever God created is inherently evil, that it should be pure purged or burned or whatever for all of eternity. It's it is mind boggling to me, guys. But I'm thankful that the father has opened my eyes to see the truth of who he is. Um, and to put on this, this, a truly a Hebrew mentality, Hebrew mindset about these things. The rest of scripture guys gives us the plan by which this goal shall be accomplished. So there are many details, right? A lot of details in the scriptures. Each one reveals another aspect of the character of God and his relationship to his creation, especially to man himself. Right. To speak particularly of each of these details would involve an entire Bible study, but we're not doing that right now. This study is only to give you a broad perspective of the kingdom of God, or the gospel of the kingdom, particularly. Um, and if we have an overall perspective, then it's a lot easier to learn the details without getting lost in them. Right. When you have an overall perspective, when you have an over uh, just a general overview of like, OK, what are we talking about? What is uh, the purpose? What is the structure? How is this all being laid out? Once you have that, then all the details become way more clear. There's a lot of people looking at the details without having a, a good overview of a good salt. Now, I think some people do have a good overview, but I feel like um, it's just skewed because of the greek mentality which is that um matter is inherently evil or that something like something along those lines and that they're going to just disappear into the heavens and go away and be spiritual beings up there um and yeah so um these overviews just they're they're a little bit twisted right because they don't have an understanding of of the ownership of god god's purpose for creation and um uh and the implications if creation does not um, fulfill its purpose, okay? 
In biblical history, God saw fit to teach mankind two methods of establishing the kingdom. The first was designed to fail so that we would understand what would not work. It's called the law of negation. He, he essentially teaches and shows us this is what's not going to happen. Uh, for example, with the Israelites, he said, hey, I'm going to put you in, uh, you will be slaves to the Egyptians for 400 years, 430 years, however, however long it was. And uh, after this whole thing, then you will know yourself how not to treat other people. You will know for yourself how not to treat the sojourner, how not to treat the foreigner, how not to treat the slave. For you yourselves are once so sojourners, foreigners, slaves. You yourselves were once these things. So by allowing them to go through that, they should have had a very um, good experience. But unfortunately, uh, they did not pick up on that thing that he was teaching. So the first was designed to fail. The second was designed to succeed completely and totally. And these two methods are essentially bound up in the old covenant and the new covenant. The old covenant was bound to fail. The new covenant was meant to succeed completely. And the old covenant put the responsibility upon human flesh to accomplish the purposes of God and bring perfection. The old covenant failed miserably. So the old covenant was abolished in favor of the new, right? So it wasn't the old, it wasn't the old, it wasn't the law that was abolished. It was the old covenant that was abolished, right? And the old covenant was the structure by which the law was um, uh, implicated, I guess. would be. So you have the, the old covenant and then you have the, the laws, right? The law of God. And um, under the old covenant, this is how you would interpret these laws. We have to do this. We have to do this. We can't wear that. We can't eat this. We shouldn't do that. That is lawful. We have to stone the person who does this, right? And so under that old covenant, uh, the laws, uh, it was just the letter of the law which killed and destroyed, right? And it, you can't accomplish anything under the old covenant. Didn't accomplish much, okay? Under the new covenant, under the new covenant, the old covenant now has been abolished through the blood of Christ, right? So now we have a new covenant. So those laws still remain, but the administration of those laws and how we interpret them is different. So the abolishment of the old covenant is, does not mean the abolishment of those laws. The abolishment of the old covenant is the abolishment of the manner in which um, we understood the law, right? So, and hopefully that makes sense, right? So every kingdom um, and the outworking of the new covenant is not complete, but the gospel of the kingdom proclaims Jesus as the one through whom the purposes of God will be accomplished. And so it's Jesus, right? Every kingdom has four basic elements in order to be called a kingdom. It has to have sit kings, citizens, laws, and territory. King, citizens, laws, and territory. The kingdom of God contains all of these things. History is the story of the formation and the development of the kingdom of God from a seed, a tiny seed, to a mighty tree that covers the whole earth. So in order to understand the kingdom of God, we have to look at these four elements and we have to see how each of them fits into this story. And with that being said, guys, um, we're going to be continuing on the kingdom of God. Um, we'll be talking about the king of the kingdom first and the citizens, the laws, the territory, and then the whole earth in our next couple of uh, episodes. So, 
I hope you guys are enjoying this so far. Um, you can go ahead and check on on um, TikTok too. So I'll be posting a, a few things on the kingdom of God there also. Uh, blessings to you guys and peace from God our Father. Uh, very much appreciate you guys listening and supporting the channel. And, um, well, we'll see you guys uh, next episode.